Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuhu from the podcast team at Qalam. We wanted to wish you a very blessed Ramadan. This month you can expect daily uploads that will include reflections, khatiras and khutbas all from our new campus Alhamdulillah. If you benefit from this content, please give generously at supportqalam.com. 100% of your donations goes towards the means of providing accessible Islamic knowledge to people around the world. Jazakumullah khairan for listening. In the Sahih collection of Imam Muslim عليه, he narrates a hadith on the authority of Abu Dhar al-Ghifali radiallahu ta'ala an. It's a beautiful narration because it's a hadith Qudsi where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is making an appeal directly to the human being. It's a longer narration. In the hadith, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya ibadi, innakum lan tablughu dhurri fatadhurruni wa lan tablughu naf'i fatanfa'uni O oh, my servants, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says this first part, O oh, my servants, this is a call of compassion, love, kindness. Sometimes what a person says may be bitter, but if you understand that they're saying it from a place of love, you appreciate that they are stating a matter of fact before you that is absolutely necessary for you to understand for this to go anywhere at all. So for this relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to even exist, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala lays some raw facts before us. The Qur'an tells us openly that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is merciful and compassionate and loving. We understand in the Qur'an and also from the hadith how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgave great criminals, things who had, people who had done great things. But all of this said, no person should translate the compassion and mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as weakness. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is weak. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is needy. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala needs me, He wants me. His compassion should never be misunderstood. The relationship between the servant and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is predicated on the, humble, the humbleness of the servant. You will need to say Allahu Akbar, admitting that Allah is the greatest. You will need to bow in front of Allah and say Subhana Rabbi Al-Azim. You will need to put your forehead on the ground and admit that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala is greater and that you are nothing. In this relationship, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala is the Rabb, the Master, the Lord, the Creator. And we are the Ibad of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, mere servants and slaves. If our existence did not occur, nothing would change in the dominion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in the kingdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This arrogance of the six foot tall human being, where he goes around and makes claims against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is challenging Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and has the audacity to say that I'm not going to believe in you, as if your belief matters to Allah. You've misunderstood the whole story. You're reading the script upside down. Your mind is not straight. 
The fact that you think that saying that I don't believe in you, O Allah, or I'm not going to worship, O Allah, is some sort of a harm factor to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not at all. Allah Azawajal says in the Quran, Ya ayyuhannas, antumul fuqara'u ilallah, O mankind, you are the ones that are dependents of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You are in need of Allah. So when you're fasting and you feel that hunger, when you're reading Quran and you feel that exhaustion, when you're standing in salah and your feet become a little uncomfortable, take pride in this. That Alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave me the chance to fast. This is nothing but a small offering to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because in reality, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not need any of this. The person who thinks that they are doing something for Allah by worshiping Allah is the most deluded one. We are the only benefactors from our ibadah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has malaika that worship Him day in and day out. They do tawaf around the Kaaba, 70,000 of them every day, and after that they're done with their tawaf, they go to the arsh of Allah and they do sajda there, and they don't raise their head until the day of judgment. We have no idea of the great armies of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the creation. Every stone, rock, tree, Every bird, وَإِمِّنْ شَيْءٍ إِلَّا يُسَبِّحُ بِحَمْدِهِ is glorifying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with, with His praise. Because they understand that obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is what we were created for. And now comes the human being that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave freedom to. The freedom of choice. What would you like to do with your life? Choose. The malaika were very skeptical. They were very skeptical. They said, Ya Allah, this human being will spill blood in the earth. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, I know what you do not know. Because yes, there are those people from us who will violate this covenant of love to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There are those people here who won't bear a second of their life to even sacrifice or to do something outside of their own comfort, who will stop worshipping their own egos. Yes, those, peoples ex those people exist. But there are also those one dime in a dozen. There are those one very few people who will sacrifice their lives for the sake of Allah, who will make Him their priority, who are willing to sacrifice who will let go of money that takes them away from Allah and let go of pleasure that distracts them from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it's those unique few people that are so beloved and dear to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in some way if you think of it, blesses us all with existence. Because those people are beloved and dear to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. These are the awliya and the friends of Allah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from them. Amen. Abu Firas al-Hamdani, he said, فَلَيْتَكَ تَحْلُوا وَالْحَيَاةُ مَرِيرًا فَلَيْتَكَ تَحْلُوا وَالْحَيَاةُ مَرِيرًا وَلَيْتَكَ تَرْضَى وَالْأَنَامُ غِضَابٌ وَلَيْتَ الَّذِي بَيْنِي وَبَيْنَكَ عَامِرٌ وَبَيْنِي وَبَيْنَ الْعَالَمِينَ خَرَابٌ إذا صح الود منك فالكل حين وكل الذي فوق التراب تراب that trading out this love of Allah for other people is delusion. Because every person that you're trying to please today in your life will one day perish, they will run away. Pleasing everyone while your Creator is upset with you, what benefit is, that? is there in a life like that? I'd rather have a life where there is no one that is happy with me, but Ya Allah, you are happy with me. I'm okay with that. 
Because you matter. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is haq. Haq is the most definitive term theologians use to establish the reality of something. You know, sahih is a term that muhadithun used to establish the authenticity of a narration. The, the, the scholars of aqidah, their most firm term to establish that something does exist and there is no doubt in it, denying it will take you out of Islam. The word they use is haq. Allahu haqqun. وَالنَّبِيُّ حَقٌّ وَالْجَنَّةُ حَقٌّ وَالنَّارُ حَقٌّ وَالْمُعْجِزَاتُ حَقٌّ Like all these things, they say that these are certain realities, denying them will take you out of Islam. So Abu Firas al-Hamdani, Hamdani, he addresses this and he says, فَلَيْتَكَ تَحْلُوا وَالْحَيَاتُ مَرِيرًا وَلَيْتَكَ تَرْضَى وَالْأَنَامُ غِضَامٌ I hope that you remain sweet amidst the bitterness of life. I hope that you be pleased while all others are angered in strife. I hope that what is between you and I is built strong and intact. While what is between them and I is in ruins fallen and collapsed. If the love received from you is true, then all else becomes easy. For everything above dust too is dust and fleeting. This is the reality of life. That you realign your loyalties and understand that in this relationship, you have to bow in front of Allah. Allah will run to you, but you will need to take that first step. You will have to walk to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The hadith that I shared with you earlier, the hadith of Abu Dhar al-Ghifari the Prophet of Allah says that Allah says that if all of you, if all of mankind tried to harm Allah, you can never harm Allah. And if all of you tried to benefit Allah, you can never, you can never benefit Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is about you. What benefits you? What harms you? The hadith continues, Ya ibadi, O my servants, لو أن أولكم وآخركم وإنسكم وجنكم كانوا على أتقى قلب رجل واحد منكم. That if everyone in the world and anyone, everyone in existence became the most righteous of human beings possible, ما زاد ذلك في ملكي شيئا. This would not increase me in dominion at all. And the opposite is also true. If everyone became the most wretched, this would not decrease Allah Subhanahu wa Taala in any way at all. And if everyone of mankind and everyone from the jinn kind, the first and the last, asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his love and for his favor and his bounty, and he were to give all of them for everything they asked for, this would not decrease from Allah's treasures, even equivalent to a needle dipped into the ocean and then pulled out. Someone may say that a drop would decrease, but in reality, gravity will bring that one drop right back. Nothing is decreased from the treasures of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah says that these are your deeds that I am counting before you. This is your life. This is your choice. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is waiting for you. He loves you. He created you. He gave you iman. He gave you opportunity. He gave you motive to love Him. But the ball is now in your court. Allah is not desperate for your love even though He loves you more than you can imagine. He will wait. And every night as the hadith tells us, He will descend to the heavens of the earth waiting for those who wish to wake up and call out to them, call out to him. He will continue to shower his mercy and give you 
even if you disbelieve. He will provide to those who disobey, those who are arrogant and those that are humble, because this is His kindness. He has taken the promise of providing sustenance for everyone, whether they believe in Him or disbelieve. But if you want this to go somewhere, you will have to get on your knees. Raise your hands and make the one dua that the human being was made to ask for. Ya Allah, Allahumma inni as'aluka hubbak. Oh Allah, I want your love. That's what I want. There's nothing in this for you and that humbles me even further, Ya Allah, that you don't benefit from this. I am the only one who benefits from this and I am in need of it, Ya Allah. Don't close your doors on me. Imam al-Dharani rahimahullah ta'ala, someone once asked him that what is the greatest thing that a person can do in terms of a deed that will draw them close to Allah? First he cried. When you heard this question, he cried first. And then he said, the greatest thing that a person can do is that Allah looks to your heart and He sees that you do not desire anything from this world or the hereafter other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's what you want. You're digging deep into your heart and you're breaking away all that shelling and all those veils and everything that distracts you. You're pushing it all away and you realize that this is just extra. What I need is the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This relationship is available, this opportunity is available to every person. There is a level of friendship in wilaya that is offered to every believer. Wallahu aliyul mu'mineen, Allahu aliyul ladina amanu. The Quran tells us that everyone who believes has some special relationship with Allah. But if you want this to grow, you want this to become special, you want this to become unique, you want your heart to shine, you want to find your reward with Allah in the hereafter and benefit and reap from the opportunity of loving Him in this dunya. I met a young man once who said to me, he was in Makkah Mukarramah, it's a long story, but I'll just give you the last sentence of it all. He had gone to the Masjid al-Haram and spent the night in Tahajjud and was crying. And he, this was a whole new experience for him, just crying in front of Allah and making dua. And when he came back after Fajr and when I asked him, what happened? Your face looks like a mess. We, didn't, we were waiting and looking for you. We couldn't find you anywhere. He said, Sheikh, last night I found myself in front of the Kaaba and I was just making dua and I started crying and I had never tasted sweetness and tears before that day of my life. Tears were always bitter. But I didn't know that crying in the love of Allah has a sweetness that cannot be found anywhere else. And he said to me, I made dua until Fajr, that Ya Allah, it's taken me years to 20, 30 years of my life to cry in your love. This is the first time I'm tasting this, Ya Allah. Now that I've started, I ask you, never let me stop again. He tasted it. And he said to me, had I died before this day, I would have never known what sweetness was. That I had a moment, a brief moment, of Allah opening up His love to my heart, and there's nothing more left to, to accomplish and achieve. Now it's just prolonging that moment. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us with these moments in Ramadan, Amen. on these Mubarak nights. May we understand that in this relationship, we are the ibad, we are on our knees before Allah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the Rabb. He gives to who He wills. Our job is to ask and sacrifice and struggle for His cause. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, 
Whoever searches and desires to meet Allah, then surely that moment will come. He is all hearing and knowing. He knows who desires to love him. He knows which hearts desire to meet him. And then in the next ayah of Surah An-Kabut, And whoever does sacrifice and struggle, he does it for himself. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is independent of all creation. He doesn't need it. You're doing it for yourself. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide us all. وصلى الله تعالى على سيدنا محمد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته